Welcome to this episode of the Finer Life Show. I'm your host, Greg Hush Williams. On this episode, we're going to be celebrating Asian Americans who've served in the military. We're going to be featuring U.S. Army veteran Willem Wong and U.S. Navy veteran Z Chen. Check it out. So, Z, you served in the U.S. Navy. Why did you join the Navy and what did you get out of it? Um, at age over 17, I think um, the, the only main reason is for the school. I mean, that's what we recruit ourselves, you know. I mean, at 17, I wasn't really thinking about fighting for the country, especially as a, as a female. I guess um, I was looking more at the benefit side. And, um, and I, I did use the GI Bill, got my master in um, taxation, and, um, and I'm very happy about it. So what did you do in the Navy? I mean, you just walk into the recruiter's office and you're like, hey, I want to join the Navy. And they're just like, <laughs> no, no, let's no. go. <laughs> um, my cousin, somehow she went to the recruiter stations and um, got introduced to one of the recruiter and um, was trying to uh, introduce to her about all those great things about Navy. You get all the benefits. In the meantime, you get to serve the country. Then over one of the family dinners, then she was talking about the free traveling, <laughs> free traveling for you and your parents, fantasies, you know, fantasize a little bit. And uh, I was like, hmm. Oh, at that time she brought it up. You can go to school for free. So we were at our senior year. So I was thinking, hmm, go to school for free. how that work? So she's like, oh, you want to, go with me to uh, recruit, recruit, recruiting station in Flushing, New York, to uh, listen to the recruiter. So I went and um, I'm, I'm the type of person that you can sell anything to me and I'll buy it. <laughs> you, you come to my house, you sell everything. I was just, I have very soft hearted person. You sell me everything and I will it just, I will, I'm so innocent. I will listen to everything. I'm not saying that they be lying to me or anything, but of course, recruiting job is telling you most of us, you know, 99% of a good stuff. And they didn't tell you 1% of a bad stuff. So um, I went in, my cousin signed up, I signed up and it turns out her age was, has some issues when she came to US and she's underage. So she couldn't go. And I end up um, joining the military. And I, at that moment, I was so regretted because <laughs> she was supposed to go with me. And, you know, yeah. I, 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 I look at her as, you know, she going and I'm going to follow her. Because when, when I joined, I was 14 and I just got to the country not too long ago. And my English is not really good. So I really want to, I really want she go. She can go and I can follow her. So at least she can be my interpreter or something, you know, in a way. But it ended up that I I went and she didn't go. Yeah. Wow. So you were ve- so you were very young. Did you do like the split option where you still went to high school and swore in? Or did you leave right after high school and then you went in? I left right after high school at age of 17. So, yeah. And before that, I did not know what the navy looked like or i didn't know anything about it i just signed and then they gave me those tutoring uh videos 
you have to go to book hands. You have to cut your hair. I was, what? You know, my hair was really long and I didn't know I have to cut my hair. I didn't know that I have to leave my mom, my family. I, I didn't know anything about it. I thought, you know what, Navy send you to school. You just walk, you know, you can work. It, it just, I'm very naive or innocent, you caught it. Oh my gosh. So what, what did you end up doing? What was your, what was your, uh, after, uh, boot camp and, and a school, what yeah. was your rate? What, what did you end up doing? So, um, my job used to, it's called storekeeper. So you now it's logistics, um, specialist. That's my job. But the first year when I, when, uh, when I went, they told, um, recruiter asked me, what do I want to do? I mean, I don't know, as age of 17. So, you know, so he put me as uh, undesignated. So I was driving boats for a year in Japan. Yeah. Wow. Um, Okay, give me one funny story. I know there has to be a funny story. You're in Japan, you're driving driving boats. boats? What's going on? so we have a night shift and day shift and um, it just, you know, what Navy really toughed me up become who I am today. And, you know, some of my friends didn't like it too tough. When I, when I went, when I joined the military, I was very soft, like weak. And they told me that, um, you know, those, those people that who's um, senior than me, oh, guys, you know, trying to make fun of me. So he told me, you know what, when you take the boats out in midnight, there's a lot of ghosts in the water. Just be careful. So every night when I have to go out, it's just so scary. It traumatized me in a way. <laughs> that That's kind of messed up. That, that, it that, is. It that, is. That, that, that it was like, there's ghosts. Like, ah, I'm yeah, not taking that yes. boat out there. So oh, at wow. 17, 18, and it's so dark because you have to drive the boats out to patrol with the wave, with everything, and you have to spot those buoys. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Oh my gosh. So um, fast forward, you know, you served active duty for four years. You go into the reserves? Yeah. So okay. I hated the Navy when I was in. I, I shouldn't say it, but you know, when I was in the military, I didn't like it because, um, you know, I'm a girly girl. I do not like uniform. Those, those things are not comfortable for me. So when I was in the Navy, I tell myself, you know, I do my best to work, you know, as a logistics specialist, follow the rule, follow the guideline. But after four years, I'm done. But what's funny thing is when I finish, then um, I, you know, I, I don't even know how I joined the reserve. Maybe, oh, I joined the reserve, then I joined the post because I joined the reserve because of all the continual benefits that, you know, because you serve for another 20 years or 16 years in the reserve, you you will be able to qualify for pension. And um, I thought about it. So I joined for another four years. Wow, nice. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, shoot. See, moral of the story is the proof is in the details when you look to join the military. <laughs> and don't try to join the military with your cousin because they may not be able to join with you. <laughs> yes. And make so, sure you do your homework before you sign up for, for life, you know, and, and before you sign anything, like you, you should Google it and check stuff and just 
you know that's why nowadays when people want to sell me everything i'll say please don't i don't care how good it is i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not signing any I'm more contracts no no I more my no lesson. more contract and that's it no more golly oh willem i think you have a vastly different story because you've done over three decades of service all right <laughs> um why'd you join the army and I mean, you fought in two wars. You're in Iraq and Afghanistan. You're like a Renaissance man. Uh, how how'd that come about? How'd your military journey start? Well, um, you know, I actually went to aviation high school. So, you know, people think, oh, you joined a, you, you went to aviation high school. It was all, pretty much all boys school back then, right? It just became co-ed back in the late 80s. And uh, even though I had, I had no inclination to join the military, even the Air Force, and I heard the Air Force was actually a good place to join, but I ended up joining the Army because I went to Baruch College, sitting in the lunchroom on the 10th floor on 23rd in Lexington. And I said, oh, I feel bored. I, gotta, I feel like I have to do something else besides going to college, right? So I joined, joined the Army just as a something just to give me a little more excitement, so to speak, right? Because I was bored and I said, oh, next thing you know, you know, that was 1988. And next thing you know, I'm still serving right now after 32 years. And... That, that includes my time in Iraq, Afghanistan, my, you know, being enlisted for 12 years as a combat medic, uh, a nurse, food service specialist, and then the last 20 years as a commission officer, as a, a medical planner, basically. So um, as it's, it's more than I ever expected. And uh, it definitely, just like Z was saying, it basically it made me the person I am, um, gave me a lot of uh, skills, an experience that I cannot buy necessarily. You can't buy this type of experience. So, so I want a story because you did Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, Iraq, like, what's one memorable experience that you're just like, I can't believe this is really happening to me. So, when I was in Iraq in 2008, um, I was what they call the Civil Army Civil Affairs Governance Action Officer. I was working on provincial elections. I was working on um, uh, literacy, uh, basically national literacy for Iraq and uh, economic development. So even though I'm actually a public health officer when I was got there, but I ended up flying up north in Kurdistan and, um, and speaking with the, the South Koreans, our coalition partners. And, you know, I'm wearing an army uniform, U.S. Army uniform. I'm standing next to a South Korean soldiers and uh, some of these you know, people up in Kurdistan, um, you know, Iraqis basically walked up to me and started like, hey, uh, I want some money. And I didn't understand what they were asking me about money for because, and then I found out later, wait a second, are you confusing me for the South Korean soldier, even though I'm in a different uniform? So even though, even though we're all Asians, they didn't look at my uniform. They thought I was wearing the army, U.S. Army uniform with the patch and everything saying I'm U.S. Army, but they thought it was with the South Korean army and because uh, we're working on literacy programs together in Iraq. So that was funny in that sense. Oh gosh. Did you ever get mistaken for like any other Asian cultures? It, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that they're oh, well, if you, you know, look one um, complexion, okay, we're going to just attribute you to multiple. So you were, so you're Chinese, you were mistaken as South Korean. What's another yeah. one? I know there had to oh, have been one or two more. Uh, when I was in basic training, I was mistaken for Japanese by a kid from California. 
he thought I was Japanese for some reason. And, you know, I was on fire guard duty and, you know, he wanted to pick a fight with me because he didn't want to go to sleep. And, I, my, you know, my fire guard duty was to make sure people were quiet. And if you don't want to sleep, you just got to be quiet, right? But then, you know, he want to act up and I'm like, you know, so to make a long story short, you know, he called me a, you know, a Jap. And I said, look, um, I don't need to clarify that for you, but, you know, I'm Chinese. You know, and then, you know, we said we had an argument, but, you know, we were able to work it out later. So, Wow. I mean, it's just I think we have to do better. You know, we have to do better and actually ask and get to know people before we start making assumptions. So that leads me into this question. You both joined the American Legion. You both decided to serve the veteran community. Let's start with you, Z. Why did you join an American Legion post and why did you decide to give back to the veteran community, especially within the Asian community? Um, well, I think that we, we are still a minority in um, the military. And um, when we was in the military and we, you know, I'm not specifically talking about anything discrimination um, events that tore to myself. But when I was in boot camp, um, those uh, the, the the driller they, they they didn't treat us good, and um, you know it's it just you know sometimes he will make fun of um, me as being a Chinese, and and for me, I think that it's a time for us to stick together. And you know, the, the American Legion that in um, in Chinatown that mostly are um, agents. And, um, and also I think that when veterans finish um, their turns, a lot of stuff that they didn't get taught by when, in doing transits when they left the military and a lot of stuff that they didn't know, uh, what should they do and what should they go next? And I think the post is a great um, um, places that we can share what we know and what we, the connection that we have, then we can help veterans. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Willem, uh, I want to come from a different perspective because not only, you know, are you still serving and you're a part of American Legion, but, mm -hmm. you know, in your civilian job, which I'm not going to disclose, but you deal with mental health. You yes. actually deal with health and wellness from a, 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 you know, a psychological perspective, why is it so important for veterans to, to get that help and to seek that help, especially within the veteran community, you know, and it's not just restricted to anything cultural, it's just a thing amongst veterans. Yes, yes, I'm happy you said that, it's not, it's not a cultural thing, right? I think uh, anyone that joined the military, you are, just like Z was saying, you know, you become a different person. You might, if you were passive, you become a little more proactive, a little more possibly um, aggressive compared to your former self, maybe, right? So, um, you know, that might be seen as what they call alpha, right? You basically, like, like, like take the initiative, be proactive, seize the opportunity, right? You don't wait for things to happen. So in, with that mentality, you have to... Um, you know, you take on a lot more risks, you take on a lot more, um, you know, criticism because you take a more active role. And, you know, if you're not that type of person that could take criticism or um, you're not used to, it, especially in the cultural point of view from Asians in general, right? you try to be part of the group, try not to stand out. So, so trying to be an individual is also um, a, a difficult sometimes because that, that leads you to be possibly picked on, right? As, as an individual. So 
um, you have to have a strong mindset and, and serving in the military, you know, you just have to have a thick skin regardless um, um, it, because people will criticize you for anything. It could be your skin color, could be your ethnic background, could be your social economic, your, the way you speak, the way you don't speak and this and that, right? So I, I consider myself an introvert. So people think that's just because I don't speak that, that often that, that doesn't mean that um, that I don't have an opinion. I do have an opinion. I just don't choose to share it all the time, right? That's why I think in in, in Western cultures, like you, you have to share your opinion, regardless if you if people want it to hear it or not. <laughs> I, I don't want to. To me, I don't want to hear myself, right? Unless you ask me for my opinion, I'll give it to you. But unless it's critical that I share my opinion with you, I don't do that. And sometimes the mental health issues that you know you get, we get picked on, um, and and you know uh, we do have to seek help on our own terms and in our own time. And I, I tell people, I think when you get to a certain age, like I am right now after 30 years of service, that you, you, there's a lot of uh, things that you go through that you can't, you don't go through 30 years unscathed. That's what I'm saying. You will get some bruises and knocked, you get, get knocked down, you get knocked, you know, but you gotta get back up, right? So sometimes you gotta take care of that mental health part of it too while you get knocked down at the same time to get back up. Thank you for tuning in to the Finer Life Show. Listen, if you want to find us on the web, please check us out at www.mbphikings2017.org. That is www.mbphikings2017.org.